Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am one part of your hosting crew, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. And my partner, J.P. Miller, coming to you from rural Virginia. Guys and girls, welcome to the show. Today is episode 123. JP, 123 episodes, sir. That is uh, plenty. Plenty. And, man, I could not be more excited to do this episode because today is our U.S. Nationals, the Big Go 2023 recap edition, and I'm fired up. I am absolutely fired up. There was a lot of action that happened last week in Indianapolis and today we get to kind of button all that stuff up with the two winners. As we always do, we've got uh, the winners of Top Sportsman and Top Dragster. Chris Osborne um, and Jeff Strickland are going to come on and walk us through their their big weekend. So that is very, very cool stuff. Yeah, definitely cool. Uh, big weekend, a lot of good racing, a um, lot of quality cars on property for the U.S. Nationals, and we got two big winners, so interested to hear these guys' story and mindset about how they got it done at the big go. Well, I'm going to tell you part of the deal, JP, is Chris Osborne, uh, who just won Top Sportsman um, at the U.S. Nationals, was on episode number 94. So if you have not listened to episode number 94, stop right now. Do not pass go. Go back to episode 94 and listen to Chris's interview. He's a legitimate, he's a certified good dude, and I cannot wait to have him back on. The other side of this, the top dragster side, Jeff Strickland was an early bird. He was on episode number 35. So, JP, we say it every weekend, but I mean, or every episode, but come on, man. Like, this ain't hard. Like, all you got to do is come on the show, get yourself some karma, and then go win the U.S. Nationals. It ain't hard. It's not hard at all. You can go <laughs> win the U.S. Nationals or whatever race that you want to enter. Um, once you come on the show, it's pretty much a lot. You could darn near call ahead and say, listen, just put my name on the check and I'll be there to pick it up. It seems silly not to at this point is my point. Um, I, I think, you know, I mean, those that know, know, and uh, they're in. So that's what Chris Osborne did. That's what Jeff Strickland did. And those guys got it done. And hopefully, 
you saw uh, just the quick um, Winter Circles interview with both of those dudes on Facebook. I went live with those guys. Um, very, very fun to be in the Winter Circle with those dudes, just even for a short few minutes as they're celebrating with their family and friends. It, it was so good. So, so good stuff. Yeah, that was great interviews. And uh, I, I wish I could have been out there to be a part of it, but I, I was watching and there by proxy, I guess. So good job on that. And it's always good to see the raw motion and see the Winter Circle celebration. Yeah. Um, you should not. I should. This is probably the time for the disclaimer, JP. You should not call up your promoter or the division director and tell them to put your name on the check before you show up. You should not do that. <laughs> what you should do <laughs> is say, hey, I want to buy a Fast Brackets Nation t-shirt. Uh, send us a message. Facebook is the easiest way. Um, or send us questions comments or curse words all via the Facebook messenger. You can do all that stuff, but do not call your division director and tell them, put your name on the check prior to you showing up. That uh, is poor form and we want to be good sportsmen out there. So uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I don't disagree with the mentality JP. Listen, if you show up with the shirt on, they kind of going to know. <laughs> that that is a fact. That is absolute fact. My, that's what all Mark McDonald does. He just shows up with shirt on, goes to the final. That's what he does. Shows up with the shirt, go. goes to the final. It's like clockwork. In either event, folks, we've got a great show for you today. We've got both the winners on, Chris Osborne, Jeff Strickland. It, it um, really really cool stuff. I'm happy to have them both back on. We will also talk about some of the other stuff that went down at the U.S. Nationals. Um, some very, very cool stuff. And then, uh, you know, Hey, we've got, we'll mix in a little bit of preview for what's happening down the stretch. And there you go. Your episode number one twenty three in, in the bottle there for you. Yes, sir. I am ready to get to it. All right, let's get to doing then whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop or work on that old heap. But metaphorically speaking, Get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's get this thing hot. JP, let's put this thing in the water box. Heat that tires up there and talk about um, what had the interwebs going crazy over the weekend. Um JP, there were a lot of people, a lot of people out on the webs um, that live in Webganistan, and they had a lot to say, a lot to say over the weekend about one five-time world champion in the pro stock ranks. <laughs> and I honestly um, think it's really silly, really silly, but... Um, I mean, we got to break this down, don't we? Don't we have to talk about the champ um, getting a little fired up? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I seen a lot of the chatter, and I didn't really know what the backstory was on it, but I was just like, okay. Um, and yeah, uh, she seems to get, she seems to draw a, a, a wide range of emotions from people. Um, <laughs> that's that's putting it mildly i would say so for our <laughs> listeners that weren't uh, paying attention to what happened in pro stock um it was 
I think after even a time run or maybe first round, and I can't remember, but uh, Erica Enders wins the wins the race. Um, Amanda Busick calls her over to do a, a quick interview on the top end, and Amanda, I believe, at one point, um, kind of insulted Erica with a question of some sort because um, Erica was not happy um, and Amanda made mention that her reaction time was not um, maybe what she was used to giving. And Erica's response was, you know, I'm the five-time world champion. Um, I'm not nervous about, you know, a bad reaction time here or there. And then so the memes came, JP. The memes came. Uh, the Ricky Bobby um, <laughs> Association came out. I'm the best there is. I wake up in the morning and piss excellence. And what I would say if, and I, I, I've talked with Erica a handful of times, but uh, we're not close enough that I'm, I'm going to give her real advice or would she ever listen to my advice. But my advice to her would be to answer every single interview for the rest of the year as, well, I'm the five-time world champion. Uh, So, of course, I knew that was happening. I would let everybody know that um, she's the best there ever is, uh, ever was. Uh, She pisses excellence. She is uh, the five-time world champ. I wouldn't go a single interview for the rest of the season without mentioning that because I think it's awesome. Yeah, I I got a couple trains of thought. Erica took her lumps early on in her career, and she took a lot of them, and a lot of people were real critical of her. Um, and she endured, and, you know, she's earned every accolade that she's got. She's earned every championship that she has. There's nobody out there that can't say that that woman can't drive a race car because she can. She can flat out get it done with Man. the best of them, yeah. and that's just a fact. Now – my thing is this, and this ain't, you know, like, I'm like you, Erica would never even pay attention to anything that I would have to say, but, and I don't even know Erica, so that's, we wouldn't probably even have a conversation, but my thing with racing is this, in order for us to preserve this sport and to make this sport as great as we all believe that it is, we have to have some kind of emotional connection with John Q. Public, and we need the drivers to not be so cardboard and plastic on the top end. So sometimes when that emotion comes out, it's a good thing. So why are you sitting around criticizing them for it? Um, you know, let her have her day. Cause at the end of the day, she is the five time champ. She shouldn't get right on about reaction time. She shouldn't worry about it. That's just another round. I mean, she should be ready to go next round. That's what gets you five championships. Uh, it's not, it's no secret that to win at that level, you've got to be, you know, locked in. And the other thing we need, and I keep saying it, is the rivalries. You look at every major sporting event, there's rivalries, whether it's football, whether it's mm-hmm. baseball, whether it's basketball. And we don't have that in our sport, and we don't promote that in our sport. And we need to do a better job of that, and that would bring in more fans, which would bring in more revenue, which would make it a little bit easier for everybody to do this thing that we love. Um, so... That's kind of my thought on it. Uh, I, I liked it. I mean, <laughs> hey, whatever whatever the backstory was on the question, she didn't she didn't like it the way it was put to her, and and she and she let the interview know you know interviewer know that she didn't appreciate it, and and there's nothing wrong with that, and and you know, 
I don't think she should be criticized for. And but at the same time, when you're in that position too, you're gonna take a you're gonna take a little bit of criticism, and you got to be able to handle that too. So yeah, kind of goes both ways. Uh, I I understand your point. Um, let me make two. One is longtime listeners of the show are gonna inherently know that I want her inner Ric Flair to come out and come out in a big way. <laughs> you know, I'm the five-time world champion. I want her just, I mean, literally walking around, like as she rolls up to the next interview, just to put the five fingers up, just hold them up the whole time and go, well, and I wouldn't even answer questions. I don't even think I would, I, you know, like if I get a question like, hey, your reaction time, and I wouldn't, I would just ignore the question entirely and just go, well, you know, um, when I won my fifth world championship, we had a, an issue that was similar to this that we had to deal with and blah, 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 blah. And that's how we won number five. And I would just ignore the questions from here on out. I would just have an antidote lined up every single time I'm on interview about how, you know, she won her fifth world championship or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. I would just, I would just blow it up. I mean, I don't know if that's great career advice or not, but I, I will say that that's how I would do it if, um, you know, if, if they were coming after me like that. Secondly, um, you know, from from that standpoint, uh, so we, we definitely want Ric Flair uh, going as much as we can. And and then secondly, to your point um, about rivalries and all that stuff, give her credit. I mean, she has not shied away from, you know, Greg Anderson in the past. I don't know if they're still two heated rivals like they once were. Uh, maybe that's a good thing, too, because you got to, you know, um, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. So you, those it's, things play. It's that, always good. Right? We need them to be heated <laughs> properly. That, that's what I'm saying. This is what we need. It, I'm, I'm not just like personal stuff aside and we keep it on the track and a little smack talk is always good in my opinion. Yeah. We need that to get this sport across to people who might not have grown up in this deal like we did is, is my point. hundred percent. 100%. Like, and that's why I want her to go full Ric Flair next time and just start styling and profiling and, and do the whole thing. And like, not, not back down at all. I mean, we, we have, we're humbled in this sport because we know that there are good people around us all and high level competitors. And we don't want to embarrass those guys, but for, you know, to your point, um, to bring the new fans and stuff like that. We need people like Eric Anders to just go, listen, I, I'm not dealing with your garbage today. I'm the best there ever was. That's how I'm doing it. And I, I think it's fantastic. So I think we're both in agreement that it was uh, really good for the sport. And man, uh, Erica, if you're listening, keep it up. Like just, I mean, just give them the business for the rest of the season. Like, I'm I'm the best there ever was, so yeah, I'm not worried about that. And uh, you know, I'm the five time world champ. I'm gonna be a Hall of Famer. The whole deal. Just I mean, I just embrace the Ric Flair, if you would. Yeah, I I would I would encourage every driver to just find your inner Ric Flair or your inner <laughs> Dusty Rhodes and just Oh man, the American <laughs> dream. Now we're talking. I'm talking about sound bites with dates. Take a play out of John Forces. Uh, oh man. Go yeah. back and look at some of his interviews. John does it well too, man. Like he's he's so good at some of that stuff. Um, yeah, he's 
He, there's a reason why he's so good and he's the legend, right? But that's part of it is that his interviews are legendary and, and it's it's great. It's great for the sport. So I say good for her for not taking crap. I say good for her for letting um, the interviewer know. And I don't, I don't have any understanding or uh, not even digging into it to see if there's any beef between those two. I have no idea. But, I mean, we've all walked out of the car, you know, gotten out of the car maybe not um not in the best mental you know <laughs> mental position at the time and then if you got microphones stuck in your face like i i can only imagine what i would have said yeah i'm glad i have never been in that situation because it wouldn't have been uh, agreed <laughs> yeah. agreed all right uh well, it was fun and uh, certainly interesting. And I know all the keyboard warriors, uh, man, they came out of nowhere. And, uh, man, they, they had a lot to say. I, I think just keep it up. That's what I have to say, Erica. All right, let's put this thing in the beams today. On with us now is your 2023 top sportsman. U.S. Nationals winner, my man, coming back on the show, Chris Osborne. Chris, what's happening, man? How are you today? I'll tell you what. After just hearing that intro, I'm smiling pretty big. <laughs> still, I'm still in shock and disbelief after that 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 weekend there last week. But uh, it's I'm I'm feeling awesome. <laughs> well, as as you should, sir, because you just. Went through, I mean, an extremely tough field. I I don't know that we can ever say, oh, this is the toughest field of all time or anything like that. I mean, it, there are good racers everywhere. But the field that we had at the U.S. Nationals this year was was loaded. And, you know, you ended up at, in the winner's circle at the end of this thing after a very long week. So you should be smiling. You should be very proud. And, uh, man, uh, do you think that smile is going to ever get washed off? Or are you just going to have that for the, the rest of the year? Oh, I think I'm going to have that smile for a very long, long time, probably the rest of my life, just because, uh, you know, I've been, I've been going to that track. I mean, that was the first track I ever drag raced on back when I was a teenager. And I grew up outside of Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, to go there and watch all the pros and then, you know, go there and bracket race. And then, uh, you know, I never even thought, I'd run in a U.S. national because, you know, they didn't even run top sportsman there for the longest time. Right. And then, you know, go there and, uh, you know, I did it a couple of years ago and didn't do very good. And then uh, um, couldn't make it last year due to some other issues. And then uh, this year it's like, you know, I, I wasn't even really looking forward to it because it's such a long week and there was so much going on at work and everything else. But then, uh, you know, we went there, we got there late and, uh, you know, it just uh, worked out really good. I'm, I'm just, I'm still amazed. <laughs> well, you, you think that, I think there's a couple things to pull on here. One is that yeah, you got there late and that was on Wednesday. You run the final on yeah. Monday. So even with you being quote unquote late, you're still there five full days. It's, it's a long week. I don't care who you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We left early Wednesday morning and got there and we parked out in the boonies. We were out past the circle track. And uh, I mean, it took a, I mean, it was like a 20 minute hike once you uh, finished a run to get back to the pits. And uh, it really wasn't that big a deal. It was kind of fun, you know, towing in front of everybody, you know, smiling, waving, all that good stuff up until, 
I think it was Sunday night. We had to run two runs back to back. And, uh, you know, the time I got back and we started getting the charger on it and all that, they were calling us back up. So we were uh, scrambling there for that marathon <laughs> weekend. But, uh, you know, after all said and done, yeah, we got done Monday. We we were so excited and partying and having a good time. We didn't even leave till Tuesday. And uh, I didn't quite make it into work that day. <laughs> right. Uh, for sure. So tell, first of all, tell our listeners where you work and, and if they were upset that you weren't there on Tuesday. <laughs> well, I work at Pack Racing Springs. I kind of help run that and do a lot of the engineering there. And they're part of a race winning brand uh, company. And uh, I mean, I got to give a huge thanks to those guys because, uh, um, yeah, they knew I missed Tuesday and missed some work to go to that race, but they were all uh, fired up and excited, and especially to see me holding that trophy there at the end. So uh, I got to thank them a bunch, and that's been a, it's been a real fun uh, ride, that's for sure. That's fantastic. I mean, you got to have support from all your partners in order to make this stuff work, but obviously um, you've got good stuff in pack. You have good supporters with them and they're, they're supportive of that as well. Um, but before we really get into this round by round and how the, the weekend went, let's, let's go back. And if our listeners have listened to the previous episode that you were on, um, that that's good. But talk to us about what you have done to that car. I mean, you built the car from the ground up. Is that right? Yeah, what happened is uh, I crashed my old car, an old uh, 2000 Camaro. That I, I built that one, and I I, uh, I screwed up, and uh, parachutes didn't come out, and I stood on the brakes, spun it around, and smashed it up against the wall. But, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, collected my thoughts, and, uh, you know, I had so much fun racing, and it's so such a good environment, such great people that you race with. It's like, I got to get, I got to get something going again. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, started building another car, built that 69 Camaro there and, uh, uh, put the old powertrain in it. And, uh, yeah, bought the, bought the body, put it all together, wired it, plumbed it. And, uh, at the time it just was in a primer black. Cause, uh, that's about the only, I wanted to go racing and I didn't have time to wait on a painter. And, uh, it was in a primer black with a pack decal on it there for the longest time up until this year. And I don't know if a new fancy paint job does anything, but we've done pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, listen, um, the new paint job is awesome, by the way. I mean, it is, uh, it, it's amazing. It's kind of a, it's black. Um, but then it's got this burgundy, uh, carbon kind of look. Um, in the in the in the stripes in the rally stripes is that is that the best way to describe it chris because it's cool yeah i kind of wanted to do something a little different with those uh stripes on the hood and the deck lid there so they're kind of red carbon fiber looking and uh yeah they kind of change color depending on what light you're gonna go from a burgundy to a red to a purple to a violet and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of a little a little different for uh you know a 69 camaro that's you know there's only a few of them out there right <laughs> yeah so- Chris, this this is your first U.S. Nationals win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Um. So what 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 was the thought process going into this race? I I heard you mention that you've been there before and didn't do very well. Did you just come in and say I'm gonna take it as it comes, or did you have a plan to, you know, go all the way to the finals? Well, in the past couple of years, I've I've you know the car's been pretty good, really, but the driver's been a little lacking. So I kind of changed my thought process on, you know, how to go about cutting lights and 
uh, red lights and sleeping and all that. So uh, I've been practicing a little more and then just trying to focus on the tree and, you know, really pay attention to what the car's running and all that. So I, I, I think it's kind of panned out. We, we actually won that Columbus divisional rate uh, bet and then uh, uh, did a couple rounds of Indy and then, you know, everything kind of started coming together here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to go as fast as what I was before because I burned up a couple motors last year. So I backed off a little bit, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to go for that, you know, little another thousands here, another hundred there. Right. Um, you know, that that's kind of hard to do because I, I want to go. I want, I want to be, I want to, I look up to Glenn Butcher running those six O's and six tens all the time. So I want to get there someday, but, uh, you know, do you want to go fast or do you want to try to win the race? And, uh, you know, you want to do both, but, uh, with what I got, I was just trying to be consistent. So that's, uh, you know, I didn't even notice it till, uh, the last round. It's like every round before that, it was a six sixty eight every round. And then, uh, it was kind of amazing. It was that consistent. You know, I did a little driving there, but uh, yeah, everything's been very consistent with that car. Yeah, consistency is always the key. So um, that's that's how you stack up the round wins. Do you? Would you say? Because I've never staged up at Indy or anything, but just given the historic, you know, how big that race is in drag racing, do do you, do the nerves start getting to you a little bit when you pull out? You know, into the water box, or do you just kind of like? This is just another race, another round, and I have to take it as that. Well, you know, we, we start qualifying on Thursday, and, you know, there's not a ton of fans there, but there, there's a few. And then Friday, there's a little more. And then Saturday's when it's like, you know, hey, that starts to look a little different because instead of, instead of seeing the empty, you know, metal bleachers, you start to see some colors and some people. And uh, it's like, okay, you kind of put it out of your mind. And then, uh, you know, uh, Sunday, it's, you know, a little bit more. And then Monday, yeah, it was completely different. And that's, that was the biggest thing for me is like, I just got to quit thinking about this as a final round of the U S nationals and just try to put myself in a, Hey, this is just another qualifier on Thursday. Just trying to, you know, not even think about it. But, uh, well, I think yeah, there were, that, that was, there were kind of two things that I thought were interesting about this year, Chris, and you, I, I love your perspective on it. So first of all, they got three rounds of qualifying in. Right. So that um, in your mind, did that help you just, I mean, dial the car in a little bit better? And, um, you know, there were obviously the bump spot was pretty good, um, but, it, you know, you've probably been in faster fields overall. But but one through 30, those were, I mean, all 680, I think, or better cars. Right. So that third round of qualifying. Um, you know, on Thursday and then Friday morning. And then also then they did all the rounds were done by Saturday night. So Saturday night you had to sleep knowing that you were going to wake up or sorry, Sunday sleep, knowing that you're going to wake up on Monday, only have one round, which was the final. How did, how well did you sleep Sunday night? Um, well, I really didn't sleep very good Saturday night, Sunday night, or, or Friday night. <laughs> I don't know going on but yeah i just didn't uh sleep very well at all um just kind of i think you just had too much time to think about it and it's like okay who you're running uh you know what are you going to dial what's the race going to look like uh what's the track going to do what's you know you just you had too much time to think about it and uh and i know one 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 run one of the eliminations 
I have a lot of, uh, I'm an engineer, so I, I have a ton of uh, sensors on my car and I spend all night looking at data. And one of my EGTs on uh, one cylinder was off a little bit compared to previous runs. And that just bugged me all night long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't much. It was just a, it was just a little bit different look. But uh, put a new plug in and then, you know, actually won the next round and then uh, looked at it again. It's like, okay, that's back to normal there. So something weird was going on. But, uh, you know, so I, I didn't have that to worry about. But then I think uh, – I had the final to worry about, so I spent all night worried about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's. It, it, I think in you know from a just from a sanity standpoint, we'd probably like to run a couple rounds on the final day, but they were like, "All right, let's let's get it all wrapped up except for the final." And so you go to bed on Sunday night knowing that you've got Steve Yeager in the other lane, um, a known quantity on your part. You probably raced him or staged up with him a couple times here over the last several years. Is that? Is that accurate? Uh, actually, I think that's the first time I ever ran him head on head there. Oh, is that right? Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, some guys, it seems like you run all the time. Like, I know Lester Johnson, I've ran him a bunch over the years. But, uh, yeah, for some reason, I, I don't think I've ran Steve before. And But I know he'd be, I knew he would be a tough, tough draw. I mean, you know, he went rounds and he's won the champ uh, before. So. Uh, there, there wasn't any gimme there, and I knew, you know, hey, you're going around a, a big race, you, you know, it's not going to be a pushover by any stretch. Right. Do you you approach that the same? Do you approach his opponent the same, or do you look at it like, man, I know this guy, I've ran him, he tends to do this, or do you just try to block it out and kind of concentrate on your lane and let it let it kind of play out like how it's going to play out? Well, I mean, you know, some guys are, you know, they're pretty quick when they stage. Some guys take forever. You know, I try to, you know, see what guys' tendencies are or if I know. You know, I don't always know. But, uh, you know, try to, you know, so I'm not surprised when you're up there, you know, at the line. You know, it's like, okay, some guys want to stage first. Some guys want to stage last. Some guys doesn't matter. So, you know, you, you, you don't want to be, you know, caught off guard when, you know, the light comes on. So you try to, you know, at least have some anticipation what the other guy's going to do. Or if he's fat, slower, faster, so you kind of have some idea what the race is going to look like. You know, because there's a couple rounds, it's like I'm looking over and it's like, all right, he should be there. He's out there. I'm getting out of it. Or, you know, oh, crap. I think uh, I don't know if I got this one. We're, we're Like when I ran Steve at the final, he was there the whole time. And it's like I, I, I didn't think I had him. And uh, lo and behold, he broke out. But uh, yeah. it, uh, it was tough. Yeah, it that's um well you knew it was a great final i think um if i remember right you were four hundredths quicker so you kind of were door handle to door handle going down the track the whole time um and from that standpoint did you feel like when you let go you you hit the spot you wanted or at what point in time did you, you realize hey i finally got this thing in the bag it was, or was it until you saw the wind light well, you know, when, when I left, I thought I had a decent light. And, you know, I mean, I always, you know, in eliminations, I kind of look over and make sure it wasn't red. But then when I was looking over, it's like I, I felt like I had a good jump on him. I almost felt like I was ahead of him at the start. But then he got ahead of me, and then it's like, I'm not catching him. I don't know about this. I don't feel good. And then my the little bitty yellow light on the wall came on, and then it just went crazy after that. So, Because uh, <laughs> well, you... He went red by one thou. Is that right? 
or broke out by one thou. He broke out by one thou. Is that right? Yeah, he broke out by one thou. I had a little better light than he did. He had a small window, but it was only about four thousandths to yeah. uh, do something there. So, I mean, it was a tight race. Um, yeah, I thought my car would have been a little quicker, but it was a little tricky there. With as humid as it was, the track got a little hotter than I thought it would, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of. It was it was kind of tough weather wise on that during that part of the day for sure. I can imagine, yeah, I yeah. I, I can imagine. Well, you you dealt with it very well. Uh, you handled the situation. Um, what type of celebration do we do at the Osborne House when we hoist the the Wally from the Big Go? Well, you know what I mean. Uh, it, it 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 was so satisfying because um, my dad's had a lot of health issues. And uh, he wasn't even sure he was going to make this race because of some stuff that happened earlier in the week. But he was out there. My mom was out there. My sister, Kathy, who I didn't mention earlier, she was out there. Uh, my girlfriend, who's everything, Angie, she was out there. And, uh, you know, they come down to the track. And uh, a friend of mine, Glenn Julius, he was helping us out all weekend. And uh, uh, some friends from high school were there watching, uh, Keith and Paige. And uh, uh, half of them were on the golf cart coming down to pick me up. And the, the other half were in the stands. And then, uh, you know, when I got down there, I mean, we're all screaming. We're all hugging. We're smiling. And, uh, you know, just having, uh, you know, a good celebration. And then we drive about halfway. And then the rest of my family and friends pop out from behind the bleachers. And we stop. <laughs> and then we're all, uh, we're all uh, screaming and hollering. And then we're all, you know, trying to jump on the golf cart and in the car and all that. And, uh it was, it was just kind of pandemonium, but it was it was probably the most awesome feeling I think I've ever had in my life there. To be able to, you know, just, you know, put it all together. When you stop and think, hey, you know, you build a car, you, you make it work and go down the track. You get it to run 200 mile an hour. You get it to qualify. You go a few rounds. You, uh, you know, put a race together and then, you know, put it in, you know. For, for us, I don't know if it would get any more, you know, top of the mountain than you win in the U.S. Nationals. You know, I don't even know if this would be as good winning a national championship because, you know, that that's just over the course of, you know, many races. And, right. But this is this is Indy. And, I mean, you know, the, all the fans that were there, all in front of the stands, you know, everybody clapping and looking and taking pictures and, uh, you know, so many strangers coming up, you know, telling you good job. I mean, it's just uh, it's just something that, you know, I, you know, I wish everybody could experience, but it's it's. It's just almost indescribable how, how much fun that was. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Only the best of the best get to experience that, Chris. Not everybody gets to walk around like they did something. You did something. <laughs> there, um, you know, like in, in there are great chassis builders out there. There are great engine builders out there. There are great tuners out there. Chris Osborne, you are all three. Uh, nicely done, and congrats on your 2023 U.S. Nationals victory. It's uh, very impressive, sir, and uh, appreciate you coming on and telling us about it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me. Guys, girls, that is your 2023 Top Sportsman U.S. Nationals champion, Chris Osborne, if you need it.
right, let's put this thing in the beams in the other lane here. On with us now from Red Bay, Alabama, is your 2023 U.S. Nationals top dragster champion. Welcome back to the show, Jeff Strickland. Jeff, how are you, man? Man, life is good. I'm glad you had me on tonight. Well, we appreciate you coming back on. I mean, you've probably got a busy week of building another addition on your house to store what is yet again another Wally Parks trophy, and this one has got to be special. Uh, yeah, this one is very special. I mean, we didn't, uh, I don't know. I get, I'm, I'm kind of a emotional type person when it comes to winning. So I have to, uh, tread lightly, but yes, it's that I've, that was a different kind of win. I will say that I've never, we've staged for world championships for, you know, big bracket races and, that was that was a big moment. I, I will say that my right foot was shaking on the gas pedal before I started the burnout. And walk our listeners through that because, to your point, you you've done this a long time. You've raced. Uh, you've you've had big money on the line before. This isn't the first time you've staged up in a final. What was different about this one? You know, I don't know. I. Uh, I always treat every race as it's just, they're, they're just a race. Okay. That nothing is bigger than family and life. Racing is just racing. I've tried to keep it that way my entire life. Um, but when I woke up on Sunday and then I was like, Holy cow. I mean, we've, we've got two cars rolling down close. And then after Sunday night, we still got one in, which I still feel like was the wrong car. Uh, the Copo should have, been in the finals not the dragster but you take what you can get um so monday morning uh, i text my brother and i said hey so my brother is a, a preacher and i said i need your help and he says what i said i need a special prayer today he says what do you mean i said i'm not praying to win i said i just need something to help me hold my brain together today because this is bigger than i thought it was and, and of course you know you sit around all day monday and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and it's like you're just constantly looking at the weather, looking at the wind. I would walk to the fence, look at the wind, look at the weather station, do my correction factors, all the stuff that we would do. And uh, when we left the trailer, I was like, Larry, we got a number, but your driver needs to let go of the trans brake. If he lets go of the trans brake just once, I haven't let go yet. We've gotten this far, but we need to let go one time. And uh, it uh, it all worked out. I mean, it was it's like a storybook. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. But U.S. Nationals, if somebody ever wins the U.S. Nationals and tells you it's not special, they're lying. Right? It, is, it is special. Yeah, I mean, you've probably staged up for more money before, but have you ever staged up with that many butts in the seats watching you stage up? Now, as far as the stands goes, I couldn't even tell you if there was anybody up there. Oh, the yeah. only thing that I remember about the finals, I did my burnout, I backed up, and then they had that camera that was coming over, and and the shadow of that thing was coming over me, and I could see it on the ground and over the car, and I kind of looked up, and I was shaking my head no, like, get that thing out of here. <laughs> I don't need any distractions. Get it out of here. <laughs> Luckily, you know, they, they got it out of the way, but it, I was a little bit nervous because I was like, get, I, I can't stand any sort of distractions whatsoever. 
um, I've got a short-term memory, so it's like uh, I can't stay focused very long, I guess you'd say. Yeah, join the crowd, sir. I think I think you're uh, you're in good company there. But yeah, that's a, it's just a different deal, right? Like you got that big camera boom overhead. They're trying to get you know right in the right in the cockpit, essentially. Oh, yeah. Um, and normally, yeah, normally I would never see that. But the shadow of it, if it was just the camera, that's fine. But the shadow of it going over across in front of my car and then over the car. And I was like, please don't do that if, after we're staged. Cause there, I would, there's no telling what I would do on the start line. If I seen the shadow move like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, to your point, there were enough things going on as it is. I mean, I, I know that they're not, uh, the association is not trying to be cruel to you guys, but no, I think running the semifinal on Saturday evening and then going, hey, we'll get to you on four o'clock on Sunday for the for the final round is uh, borderline torture. Well, as we were sitting there for that last round on Sunday night and I was like, can we just pull the plug right here? Because that way I could say, you know, I've got two cars in on Monday, which I don't think I've ever made it past the quarterfinals at Indy. Indy is just the place that if weird things can happen to me, they do. Like a coil wire falling mm -hmm. off in the All-Stars a couple of years ago. We changed a coil and a coil wire and then go up for the next round. And that coil off of Troy Stone's car quit after the burnout. And I'm like, how do you have that kind of Indy luck? Right. Uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that goes on at Indy for me. So that's why... I've always said, if I ever win Indy, it'll just be a bonus. But I'm not expecting it because um, just that place, I've won bracket races there. You know, when Mike Fuquay had the 25 Granders and stuff up there, we did really well at all his races there. Right. And then the million that they were supposed to have there. Uh, we've uh, Indy's been good bracket racing-wise, never NHRA-wise. So I've got two tracks on my list now. And I want to win at every track that I've ever been to. And the next two that I'm going to are on the list, Charlotte and St. Louis. Been runner-up at both and never won. Interesting. All right. Um, that, well, it's good that you've got them next. And, you know, you're, you're obviously um, on, a, on a heater right now. So, I mean, go get them. Well, it, it's not me. It's the cars. It's I'm just uh, – the guy that sits behind the steering wheel, but they, uh, I've got the two best cars that I've ever had probably in my racing career right now. Uh, so we, I, me and Larry always talk about it. Larry goes with me. He drives the truck and helps me get the cars unloaded. And he's our, he's our right hand guy. So, um, we, uh, we joke about it and it's like, uh, we got to get these two. We got to get them. We got to get them. But, I don't know. That's I don't know. It's racing's wild. That's it, all you can say. It is wild. There's no doubt. And because you were uh, a, we should tell our listeners you were pulling double duty, right? So you're you're running top dragster, but you're also running factory, um, the factory shock showdown, right? That's the no, just just stock eliminator. It's oh, a factory stock. stock okay. B, yeah, it's regular stock, but it's a factory stock B or C, uh, you know, copo. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So you're running stock and then top dragster had both cars, um, going, 
was there was there a round you you mentioned that you didn't feel like you let go very well up until the final um how was there a round that you feel like oh wait a second we got through that one that was kind of the lucky break we needed to get going honestly i mean in top dragster it was all of them i i'd, I'd made a time shot and and it was goofy because uh me and chad taylor of course we're best buddies we play golf together and we made a time shot together of course we're trying to crush each other whether it's a time run or not <laughs> and uh we left the start line and and we both and the both of us went red so we cruised down through there i get my slip and i'm like well that don't make any sense i'm negative 16 and he's negative 22 so i go over and talk to him the next morning for first round and i was like chad please tell me that that came out of nowhere and he said man i have no clue and then we asked each other, said, are you going to cover that red? And I was like, I'm not covering it. I don't care if I go red. I'll just go home. I don't care. <laughs> so I put like six foul in. He put enough in to cover it. He was 15, I think, first round. And uh, But I was like just 17, 23, 21, just could not. And I would not roll the delay out of the box. Um, one little stupid thing that I do is like in time runs, I want to be red in top dragster. Right. I will set the box for red because it's easier to roll it in there and try to be 008 from red than it is to take 21 and roll it down to 008. So I, I was struggling because I, I, no matter what I did, I got four thou in the bump and I hit the bump down, I think every round, even in the finals I hit it. I pulled four thou out for the final. And I said, if this one feels like the rest, I'm just going to go ahead and get four more. That'll be eight out from my 17 to 24. And I let go. I was like, that felt normal. Let's get one more. Hope she goes green. And it was nine. So, you know, if you add the eight thou back in, there you go. Yeah. You're right back to 17. So you, you felt, whatever the number is. Yeah. You were at least consistent that way. And that is everything, right? When you're trying to figure out reaction times and, all that stuff. So, yeah, but it, it is frustrating, right, to have a weird, a re weird round like that, especially in qualifying, right before you go to first round. Is like, where did uh, that yeah. come from? It, it can make you think. <laughs> the, the last qualifying round, that's even worse. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that so, um, India is not easy. I mean, it's just not easy for, from that standpoint. The three qualifiers, the the five rounds, the you know. The final round on Monday, I think I said, sun, you know, uh, Saturday night before, but um, really Sunday night is the night you got to get through so you can race for the final on Monday. It's just a um, right. long trip and all that stuff. And I think that's maybe the secret to success is just to say, I'm, if I go red, I'm going red, um, but I'm going to load up and go yeah. home and kind of just, you know, wash it away that way, right? Yes. The, the track there was uh, – Indy's track is different. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's a tough one to get a hold of. So the first qualifying run, I figured they were going to prep the track. I didn't mean to be, to be the very first pair out, but it worked out to our favor because whenever we rolled out there, I was the first pair out the first session, and they prepped the track right in front of us. And I was like, okay, there's no groove. There's no nothing. And the car rolled out, and it and it rattled the tire pretty hard at like one point, one at one sixteen into the run, it rattled pretty hard, and I was like, hmm, 
Okay. Well, I mean, that's actually good because now going through the rest of the week, we know where the tough spot's going to be. Right. So we moved some timing stuff around and whatever, and then it never did it again. The car was absolutely phenomenal. If it, if the weather station and all my numbers lined up and it said it was going to go, and that's what's weird. You know, I used to bracket race a lot. So, you know, you go to a bracket race and you would have, you know, we've got our Chevy too, and the thing goes like 608. Well, it'll go 608 for days. Right. But you get to an NHRA race when the wind's blowing, the weather's changing, the track's changing. I qualified with 612 and was dialed six, I think 623 or 624 in the finals. Right. Right. That's, that's pretty, a lot. That's, yeah, that's, that's significant. Um, and we know it got hotter on Monday and all that stuff, but to, to have dialed up 12 numbers is, is significant, yeah. right? It's funny. Me and Shane laugh about it all the time. My buddy Shane Carr will, will joke about it. And I'm like, you know what? And, and not to take nothing from bracket racers. They're awesome. They're the best racers on the planet by far. Uh, I'm glad they stay bracket racing and don't come run top director. So, but you know, for them to see their car move 1200s in three days, they would freak out. Oh, right. And I'd be like, there's something wrong with my car. It's broke. Uh-huh. Is so, it, did any of that creep into your mind? Or you just go, no, it's the weather's changed. It's, you know, been a long week and you just, you just go with it. Um, I put a lot of faith in my cars. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I put a lot of faith in my cars cause we, uh, there's a lot of people that have hands on, on my stuff. You know, I mean, like Kevin Weidman, uh, of course, Dave Conley has helped me over the years and me and Shane Carr, Nick Folk. Uh, there's, there's a lot of us that work together on between bracket racing and NHRA racing. Right. So I, I've, I've, if you get the car right. And all you have to do is if the car does its job and you do your job, it's very difficult for someone to beat you. I'm always on offense. I'm, I try to never put myself on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, whenever I ran Hidalgo at Bristol in stock and we were trying to dial the Copo and I was like, you know, it's showing that it's a little faster, but I think I'm just going to try to put him in a position to where he has to make the right decision. If I can hit the tree and if I can go anywhere from one under to one above and I'm coming on him at 30, 40 miles an hour different, that means he has to hit the tree and do a perfect job at the finish line or else I'm going to win. Right. So we we're on offense. We try to make a run that is difficult for your opponent to beat you at all times. And my dad tried to preach that into my head when I was younger, and I should have been doing this 30 years ago, not now. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, my dad's a uh, very smart man, and I should have listened. I, I did listen to him, obviously, but I didn't listen to everything, and I should have. So, are you yeah, are you saying a, that? Are you saying that out loud just so that uh, your daughter, who is with you right now, can hear that? That uh, she should listen to her dad as well. Oh, no, she knows I'm the smartest dad she's ever had. <laughs> I love it. That's what I always tell her. I'm like, am I the best dad you ever had? She goes, uh, dummy, you're the only dad I've ever had. Okay, I'm just making sure. We joke around a lot. We have a good time around here. That's fantastic. Yeah, so tell us tell us how um, the Strickler family celebrates when uh, when dad comes home with a, with a new, new Wally. 
Oh, well, first of all, dad had to get some sleep. Uh, dad was tired after that mental strain. We, uh, we went to, uh, we went to a little place there and got a cheeseburger and some fries and, uh, Larry likes to shoot pool. So we went out there and he shot some pool for, with some guys and, uh, we ate dinner and then was like, all right, time to go to the track bedtime. So we go back to the track. Um, he goes, you ready to go home? And I was like, dude, I'm so tired. I'm ready to go to bed. And he said, well, just get on the couch. I said, okay. So we left Indy. And when I woke up at five 30 in the morning, we were pulling in at the shop Oh wow! and we unhooked, uh, we unhooked the truck and trailer. I always, I bring the motor home home. So I rolled into the driveway. Dogs are going crazy. Kids are going ecstatic. Uh, even the wife was even happy. I was home cause I'd been gone for so long. So what we did to celebrate is we went and got us some, uh, fillets and we grilled and sat by the pool and just enjoyed the day Tuesday and then just went back to work on Wednesday. Love it. Yeah. No, that's, that's how it's done. I mean, put some, put some good steaks on the grill, kick back with the fam. Yes. I, I like and I should have went to work Tuesday, but I've been away from my family for several days because we had to go to Berger Chevrolet the week before. So we had been gone, not just Indy, but we had left the, the Wednesday before Indy started, we left and we had left uh, the, all of our stuff at Craig Sullivan's place in uh, Danville, Indiana, yep. which is right near Indy. Sure. Um, so we left everything there. He was nice enough to let us park everything there and plug it up. And so we came home, went back, got the rig, left for Berger. Uh, we did the Berger show Friday. We had track day on Friday, which was awesome uh, to give people rides in, in a race car. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people, and I mean this in the most sincere way, uh, we get to do things that a lot of people have, would, would give anything to do. Uh, so there was kids, there was older people, you know, you strap them in the passenger seat, you talk to them, you give them a ride down the racetrack, and the joy that's on their face is worth it all. That, that makes my day right there. And uh, so we got to give people rides all day Friday. And then we went to the Berger car show on Saturday, put the cars on display. And of course, that's always fun to look at everybody's rides and the things that they have. Uh, Sunday, we drove back to Indy and then that's when we started at Indy. So we'd been gone for a while. So to get home, uh, to be happy to be home is an understatement. Yeah, no, I get that. That's very cool. That's very, very cool stuff. And to get... um, just to, to ride in one of those cars would be a heck of a thrill. And especially for people who, have, you know, don't have experience in drag racing. I mean, what, a, what a cool opportunity for people to do that. Well, I mean, just, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I feel bad for people that, you know, have never had the opportunities to drive a race car. You know, I would love for everybody to get everything they want out of life. Um, so, you know, I see a kid in a wheelchair and it breaks my heart. You know, that kid never got the chance. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no reason for that, but obviously the good Lord above has a reason for that. So, um, but you know, if I can put a smile on that kid's face, that makes my day. I love it. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, Yeah. Kids in uh, hospitals and stuff like that break my heart, but uh, um, yeah, it's, 
adults I don't worry about as much because we've all probably screwed up enough to deserve whatever punishment we're getting. But uh, I, I, I don't right. wish it on kids, right? I don't wish it on kids. So. No, never, no. Very so we're cool all stuff. fortunate to be in the racing world and, and get to do what we all love to do. You know, you, you get to do what you're doing and I get to do what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for several people, I could, I could name a hundred people off as the reason that I get to do what I get to do. Uh, and my name's not on that list. It's, it's other people like my mom and dad, obviously, uh, you know, Victor Cagnazzi and Brita and, and Roger Allen from Chevrolet and, uh, you know, Freddie from VP, there's all these people that, you know, it's, and, and I said this in the interview at Indy, I said, look, it's real simple. I keep saying the same thing. If you surround yourself with good people, good things happen. Mm-hmm. It, it's not rocket science. So it's a great point. I'm just fortunate enough to be around a lot of good people. We're fortunate to be around you. Appreciate your time. I know um, we're cutting into a little family time right now, so uh, appreciate uh, you carving out some time for us, talking us through the weekend that was. I mean, you know, you've won a lot of races, um, but as you said, this one ranks right up there as the, uh, you know, the big go, man. The big go. It does. It is. Now I got three more things on the bucket list. I want to win at Charlotte, St. Louis, and... I would love to win one of the million dollar bracket races, specifically Randy Fultz, because I love Randy. Yeah. I would love to run that race, but I, I can't seem to get there. I'm always somewhere else. So, uh, well, you we know, get if, those three things. If Go you ahead. win the million at Gateway or WWT, then you can knock two things out at the same time. That would be correct. That would be correct. Uh, but that's this weekend. Right. They, uh, Hunter Penton called and they were there today i think he was pulling in the gate and i was like man i want to be there but we've got to go to galat because i want to try to win the division you know you don't get a chance every day at winning a division championship you don't get a chance every day at winning a world championship uh now the guy in top dragster uh clint i don't I'm, i don't even know how to pronounce his last name we'll call him guys yeah. uh he has set the world on fire and um and then Kyle Rizzoli, and it's weird because we're friends. Like Kyle Rizzoli is a friend of mine, even though they're out west and we're out east. Right. So you know, I want to just just scare them a little bit. That's all. Racing just got fun <laughs> for me after the U.S. Nationals because now, now we have a goal to you know at least at least create a little noise, scare somebody at least. Uh, I mean, it'd be a long shot to win either one, but we're gonna give her a run at it anyway. I, I have no doubt, Jeff, that you're going to scare some people if that's what you want to do. Um, brother, congrats again on uh, winning top dragster at the U.S. Nationals. Very, very cool stuff. Go scare as many people as you want down the stretch. We'll be rooting you on. Um, guys, girls, that was the great Jeff Strickland, if you need him. Today's Half Track Report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. If you need any legal advice on or off the track, get with Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com for all your high horsepower legal needs. JP, um, the Half Track Report is going to be a little bit short today, uh, primarily because we brought in the two winners of the U.S. Nationals, and that would have been our major coverage point. 
Um, if you have not seen this, dear listener, go to the Fast Brackets podcast Facebook page. You can watch the um, the live video that I did of the finals for top sportsman, top dragster. And then you can also go and see the winner's circle um, interviews that I did with both Jeff and Chris. They were both fantastic. So we, we allowed you to see the finals of top sportsman, top dragsters. Um, if you have not seen that already. So check that out. Um, JP, what else did we have going on this week? I mean, obviously the U S nationals is the big thing. Uh, U.S. Nationals was the big thing. I think we had some action out in the Midwest Drag Racing Series. Um, it looks like a lot of the series are coming down to the wire, so probably next episode we'll probably update you know, the points chases and see where all of that shakes out. I think we got a lot of close battles. Um, what do we got coming up this week? Uh, PDR in Darlington, so we'll take a look at all of that. Um, going forward, um, yeah, I, I was kind of behind on some things too because i kind of went racing so <laughs> i wasn't <laughs> sorry y'all but I, I was at the track so i wasn't following close <laughs> close I as understand. i would be when i'm at home um, i think what you're saying is that we will get all our listeners caught up on the points races and um you know kind of how this thing is going to shake out down the stretch on the next episode yeah because we're coming to the home stretch now so it's you know every little point counts and it, it's going to be some tight battles so Stay tuned, stay on the edge of your seat, and we'll, we'll get you all the information you need to have. Well, let's get out of the groove here for just one minute. Actually, we're going to do a little combo action here, JP. We're going to get out of the groove and hit the mile per hour cone at the same time. We never do this. We do not like doing that as a driver, but uh, today's the day. We're going to do something a little different and talk about what happened at the U.S. Nationals on the top fuel side was very impressive. I'm not sure. Did you follow this drama that happened in the top fuel uh, pits all weekend long, JP? Did you follow much of this? Because I was uh, nervous the entire time. Yeah, I I was kind of looking on just seeing what was happening, but I, I, I wasn't where I could watch it close. So for our listeners that are so focused on top sports and top dragster that they do not give a rip about top fuel, let me break it down here for you. So we've got our guy, Antron Brown, um, who who is, generally speaking, one of the nicest guys on the planet and uh, really have a lot of respect for AB. He won the U.S. Nationals last year. It's his home track. He lives five minutes from the track. He And here's the thing about Indy. The way the qualifying sessions go at Indy is this. You do one qualifying session on Friday night. It is the best of all weather circumstances for the entire weekend. It's Friday night under the lights. I've said this for years. If you live within 200 miles of Indianapolis, you owe it to yourself to get to the Friday night qualifying session at Indy over Labor Day. It is awesome to watch fuel cars go down the track at night and watch the header flames come out 20, 25 feet on either side. It's spectacular. But the caveat with that is, is that if you miss in the Friday night qualifying session, your qualifying session's Saturday during the heat of the day over noon and then over four o'clock, 
Sunday again, noon and four or five o'clock, make it really tough to gain any ground. So what happened on Friday night for our guy, AB, was uh, problematic. Did not did not work. Didn't get down the track. Um, and so they had a bad pass. So, okay, not the end of the world, but not great. Saturday comes. They do not have a, a, enough to move into the field. And it comes down to the fifth and final qualifying set, session on Sunday afternoon, about 6 o'clock. And it's hot, and you know you cannot – you're not going to move the bump spot – or sorry, you're not going to move the qualifying position for sure, but maybe you can get into the bump. So AB comes to the fifth – you know, obviously they typically don't have five qualifying sessions. So we get to the fifth qualifying session, AB's not in the field. And this is nerve-wracking because here's your defending U.S. Nationals champion, local guy – um, good dude, easy to root for, and he's not in the show. And so, man, this, I mean, when he came up for that qualifying session in Q5, everybody there was focused. I mean, standing up, it was, it was an intense moment. My man, AB, goes at 80, gets himself in the field at 15, does exactly what he needs to do. Congratulations to AB. Nicely done. You got yourself in the field your victory for doing that is getting Brittany Force, the fastest woman on the planet, first round on Monday. Congratulations, AB. Uh, nicely done. Whew. Uh, not not exactly an easy out, but he gets by. He uh, goes 374 then uh, in the first round on uh, Monday to, to Brittany's 87. So he gets by there. Congratulations. You have, after that, Clay Milliken in the second round. You're still in the 15th spot. You still have not had, you know, what probably to his standards are a great weekend up to this point. But now he's in round two. Got Clay Milliken. Clay Milliken, the time before, had actually, you know, ran a 75. He's he's on a 74, so they're, they're really close. A.B. gets through. Beats um, Clay Milken in the semifinals. Congratulations. He goes to the semifinals. This is turning out to be a pretty good week for my man. All of a sudden, now he's in the semifinals. Like it, it's turned pretty drastically here in the in the last 20 hours of his life. Congratulations, AB. You're going to the semifinals. You get uh Justin Ashley, who has been on a tear this year. But my man gets it done in what was just a not a good pass for either one of them. AB goes uh, 492 at 165 miles an hour. Justin Ashley goes uh, 656 at 141. So, you know, both of them break it loose, but AB gets through. So now he's in the final. Awesome job. You went from not qualified 24 hours ago to in the final round. That said, you got to deal with Steve Torrance. Uh, multi-time world champ has been on just... I mean, impossible to beat. AB gets it done. He goes 377 with a nine at 328 miles an hour to beat Steve Torrance, who put up a very respectable 87 at 327. But Antron Brown goes from not qualifying 
not in the field in the going into the last qualifying session to winning the U.S. Nationals and being back-to-back U.S. Nationals champion. I mean, I it was it was a heck of a weekend for that guy, man. It's we talk about it being a long week, but when you have some extra pressure with you know being at home and all the people and all the stuff going on, man, it is. Uh, it's a, it was a big, big win and exciting times in Top Fuel. Yeah, that's definitely a testament to the team and their hard work. Um, that's just flat out getting it done because you wouldn't think coming into the fifth session and as hot as it was that I'm sure it was pretty warm out there because I know it was warm here, um, that you would have a shot when you keep missing on the setup, missing on the setup. And it looks like they just, you know, put their nose down and pulled it together and, and they made good runs when they had to doing eliminations and, and he was good on the tree when he had to be. So everything just came together for him. And that's why he's got the world championships that he has. And that's why they're able to win any back to back. like Three time world champion JP. So like, I mean, if anybody gives him a crap for bad reaction time, he can just start touting that up. I mean, like, <laughs> let's 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 say hey B like I mean your best Ric Flair would be impressive here but uh, yeah it was <laughs> good good weekend for uh, Antron Brown Motorsports even though it did not start well exciting times in Top Fuel JP exciting times. All right JP we've had a good run but let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 123. And there it is, JP. <laughs> the sweet, sweet sound. And the wind light. We love it. We love we love our girl. And wind lights. We love them both. Got, gotta have it every time. And in, in, in the words of Ric Flair... Whether you like it or you hate it, learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. <laughs> that is uh, so true. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to get that on. Uh, we're gonna have to get that soundtrack queued up. I mean, the, this episode has got me fired up, uh, folks. Be very afraid because we're gonna get some soundtracks queued up here and could get wild from here on out. But uh, that said, um, yeah. Whether you like it or not, learn to love it. So uh, we had a great week this week, did we not, JP? Yeah, it was great, great episode. Uh, great guest. And yeah, Chris. Really happy talking to those guys. The the champs, Chris Osborne in Top Sportsman, Jeff Strickland in Top Dragster. They were both fantastic. Good dudes. I mean, just generally good dudes. Easy to root for. Uh, so excited to have them on. So. Uh, one other thing I will say, if you have not done this, um, and if you've already done it, do it again. Like, I don't know why it helps us, but it does. If you make a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, that seems to help. I don't know all the algorithms and, you know, all that stuff. I just know it helps. So you can do all kinds of things. You can just type in, hey, go fast, uh, you know, don't be last. You can type in, I'm stuck in the trunk. I do not care what you type there, but if you type something that helps... Uh, we really appreciate it. And then sharing on a Facebook is a, is probably also a really, really good thing. So appreciate yeah, you, loyal listeners. Yeah, I mean. Please share the show and let everybody know. Let your neighbors know. Let your coworkers know. Especially if you've been a guest, man. Let everybody know. Um, and that, that way people can keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep the rubber side down. Travel safe. It was awesome to uh, make it out to the U.S. Nationals again. Uh, we had a great time. Special thanks to PRI for hosting us in their suite. That was all good. Um, and then uh, just seeing Antron pull off the the miracle from you know 15th uh, qualifying position to win it all. That was very special. I was right down there next to the the burnout and then uh, watched him uh, race his way into history. So that was so good. Yeah, very cool stuff out of AB. I mean, uh, you know. He didn't make it easy on his fans, that's for sure. Um, he made them sweat quite a bit, um, but uh, you know that that's all right. That's part of the show. And uh, man, what a what a good event and uh, good time because it was kind of you know used by some people to kind of re just kind of catch up a little bit too. Indies, indie is indie, and uh, everybody wants to be there for that. And like you said, special thanks to PRI for uh, hooking us up in the suite, uh, giving us some free air condition when we need it. And uh, man, other than that, baby, it was a heck of an event, wasn't it? It was awesome. Uh, yeah, I did appreciate this week uh, Erica's interview and uh, all that it did out on the interwebs, as you call it. Um, that was pretty special. Uh, and so her, that was awesome. Hope she keeps it up. I think she should. I think for the rest of um, <clears throat> for the rest of the season, I think literally every time she comes out, um, she should go right to the Ric Flair stuff. I mean, legitimately, right to the to uh, the Ric Flair stuff, and just you know, give it to him for the rest of the season because I think it's awesome, and she's obviously earned it. Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing.